Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, right. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk, well, basically, a salute to the working man. And in general, I'm thinking a salute to veterans, I'm a, a salute to the warriors out there in the military, the police, the fire department, you know, all that stuff. But it's more the unsung hero of the world. You know, think think Mike Rowe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the idea is... You know, we all know like Chris Kyle and and the badasses, you know, uh, Murphy and and, you know, all these guys that are that are so great. And you just they get their due. But, you know, there's a lot of guys out there breaking their ass and doing their part. And this is actually our 200th episode. Is it? Which I is didn't pretty know that. Exciting. That now, is exciting. I, I was told when I mentioned, oh, you know, our 200th episode is coming up. Somebody was like, oh, no, I look in the iTunes counter and it's like 207 or whatever the hell. I don't know. And uh, it's the 200th original episode because there were some classics we threw out, okay. different stuff. So we've been doing this a while. We have been doing this a while. And uh, somehow you guys are still with us. Who mm-hmm. knew? Well, I mean, if you're hearing this, you're still with us. If you're not, well, then, you know, you were probably a loser anyway and just couldn't handle Kevin's foul mouth. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes people come and go in your life. That's how life works. That's it, man. But, yeah, 200 episodes, so not bad. So I thought we'd kind of talk about some of the hardships that you have kind of in life and... And, uh, like, in the military, I might even have a law enforcement story or two. Maybe even a fireman story. I don't know. Um, but, basically, you know, these guys, unsung heroes, go out, do, you know, do the hard, do the tough stuff every day. And uh, they don't get a lot for it. So, if you ever thought about maybe joining the military, well, we're probably going to scare you away from that. Because it it turns out it's not all gravy and roses or Mm -hmm. rainbows and sunshine. Right. What is it um, Adam Sandler says? Lamb and tuna fish? (laughs) Sure. Something, you know, whatever. All the good stuff. 
Um, like, I like to think, all right, think about it like this, all right? Imagine you have your lovely wife, your little babies, everything's good. You're like, yeah, I'm soldier boy. I ride on the big ship. Look at that's all impressive. Sometimes we pull into New York City for Fleet Week and hooray, parades, mm-hmm. and everything's great. You're like, that's cool. That's one version. Now imagine you have that same family at home and you go to work and everything's hunky-dory and you pull out and you're supposed to go two days, maybe down to Puerto Rico or something, and then come back. And then they're like, yeah, you know, fuck it. We're going to the Middle East and we're not coming back for 10 months. Yeah. And you're like, but my car's in the parking lot. Yeah, no. Not anymore. And so some guys, they come back from that deployment and their car is just covered with bird shit. Yep. And they're like, but... And then other guys who were not so lucky come back and their car's just gone. That's right. That's and right. you're like, I, I don't understand. Yeah, your parking registration uh, <laughs> yeah, for the base expired. expired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't go for that shit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, or maybe you're the guy who, and then that's assuming that you come back and your wife's still there. Right. And that's, how so, many times on deployment did you did you see one of your friends like just sulking around? What's wrong, buddy? Just got a letter from my wife. She's fucking the gardener. The letter is better than getting the video. Yes, the video, the, the famous video. video. <laughs> Kevin, tell, tell our audience the about famous the video that a sailor might yeah. get while he's out at sea. I always heard the story. Now, I feel like this is an army story. This is a marine story. I don't know if this has ever even happened. It's like an we urban, don't know. urban legend. But we know we've seen a lot of sailors and soldiers right. crying in the corner. Right. It might have happened to them. It might have happened to them. What I heard, the story, the version I heard was, was uh, uh, wife sent a video out with a football game. Okay. So all the guys in the barracks got together and were watching the football game. Then the football game switches off. What? And it's a video of his bedroom. Oh, my bedroom. <laughs> With his wife. Wait, honey, what did you send me? And two other dudes. <laughs> what? That does sound very similar to the story that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, different stories about what happens to the guy afterwards, but, I mean, who knows? <clears throat> now... I have heard that story, and that that is the one I was referring to, mm-hmm. um, which is disturbing and trying. I do seem to recall we actually were returning from a deployment one time, and they held us out and wouldn't let the ship pull in because the women were running some kind of prostitution ring while mm-hmm. the guys were out. Nice. And... They thought it might be really bad if we pulled in and while all this was breaking. Okay. And until it got sorted out, they didn't want us to pull in and find out, you know, everybody killing their wives. Yeah, everybody coming home and choking their wife out. Yeah. And so that was, they had to give everybody time to get away (laughs) and cool down. Uh Uh-huh. Lots of meetings on the ship. Okay. All right. So it can be tough. Yeah, I do remember that uh, I was hanging at a friend's house. Okay. And uh, he lived on in base base housing. Mm -hmm. I didn't. And uh, the next door neighbor came by, and she was talking about our third friend who wasn't there. Mm. She was married to somebody else. Mm. But she was telling me about how he was so great in bed while her husband was going on a six-month deployment. But... She thought it was strange because his penis was really long, okay, but skinny like a kickstand. So he got a new nickname that day. From that that day forward, it was kickstand. You know, that's not as good of a story. That's not a hey. All right, they're not all winners. You can't you can't all bring it. But kickstand, you know who you are. He's out there. If you're listening, you know who you are. He's out there. All right, so. I mean, that's the thing, right? So we had, I mean, man, I had a guy, a guy worked for me 
and we're out at sea and it was, you know, some top secret mission, whatever. Now, mind you, they make things secret that aren't really really important in my world. (laughs) I don't imagine they should be secret, but whatever. So we were doing scary things in some unknown country in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, You know, that place, that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whatever. So we're out there and a uh, nobody's allowed to contact, you know, emails back and forth or phone calls to the ship. Because we're, you know, radio silent and, you know, everything's like real sneaky hush hush. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but mind you, at the same time, I have some equipment broken and me and people at like, I don't know, some college back in, in New England are messaging each other back and forth, left and right. Mm-hmm. And we have no problem. I'm like, hey, how's it going? How'd that football game go? You know, right, that kind right. of thing. So... <clears throat> My buddies, uh, one of the guys that works for me, his mom and his sister die in a car crash. And we get the message to the ship from the Red Cross, because you can't just call the ship, Mm -hmm. but you can contact the Red Cross who can call the ship. Right. And our fearless Red Cross is able to get the message to the ship three days after the bodies are in the ground. Nice. And then they're like, oh... You know, by the way, we let you go home for the funeral, but you missed that. So, yeah, so you're not going so home So you're not all. going home. Let me tell you, mopey people on the ship, mm-hmm. that's the kind of... That's the kind of stuff But these are, are the sacrifices that people make that I think nobody understands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, just t- sometimes crap's hard, you know? Mm-hmm. We had, had another time... Um, where we had a bit of a sewage problem. I don't, I don't know if I've told you this story, but it's exciting. Let me tell you. So I don't know if you, you know about general quarters on a ship. Right? General quarters, what happens is somebody goes on the radio and it's like, general quarters, general quarters. All hands, what, heave so out and trice stations. up? Battle stations, yep. something? I don't know. Right. It's and everybody has their own section that they have to lock off. Uh, that's so, doors, pipes, pipes, everything. So think about like if a missile comes and hits your ship, if you have pipes that flow back and forth, you want those to be closed off so it doesn't just start leaking water everywhere. Mm-hmm. Leaking water on a ship ends badly. Mm-hmm. So they shut all the valves to non-essential you know, equipment. Sometimes that's cooling stuff. Sometimes that's sewage. Sometimes that's firefighting water it's whatever you'd lock it down right so no problem and they lock it all down everything's great oh thank god it's over that sub didn't get us we're gonna be okay you always gotta worry because when they call it and you're down sleeping in the birthing Mm -hmm. and you know how they shut the hatches down to the stairs Mm -hmm. if you don't get out you're just like you're locked down there and that's it yeah i mean you can open it but no, they're not letting you out. Mm-hmm. There's somebody standing on top. There's of somebody that. standing on top, right? Mm-hmm. You're not getting out. So you got to hustle. You know, you got to show a little effort. So <clears throat> everything's good. General quarters. Don't worry. Everything's okay. Go back. We can all go to bed now. Everything's good. So <clears throat> where the cool guys sleep is on the very bottom of the ship. Mm-hmm. At least I think it was. It's been a long time. The cool guys. By the cool guys, you mean the disposable people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're down there and sleeping and dumb and happy. And then all of a sudden I hear somebody like screaming and cursing. And I'm like, well, this doesn't sound good. We should get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. So I get up and I look over and the guy in the rack opposite me. So the rack's. Or imagine bunk beds that are three bunks high, but the bottom bunk, the side is like six inches off the floor. Mm-hmm. It's like six inches with like some dresser drawers in it, kind of sometimes. And then like there's lockers on the end, but usually like the bed will lift up and all your clothes are laid underneath the bed kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and they'll stack three high. Well, what had happened was... There's mystery sewage 
all over the floor at the bottom of the ship. And the sewage, when the ship took a turn, came sloshing to one side and splashed all up into the rack all over the guy next to me. Now you're like, oh, it sucks for that guy. But the story goes on. And so everybody starts screaming and yelling. And we're all waking up. And when you jump out of your bed, you're standing in six inches of sewage. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all right, this is kind of gross. Yeah. See, I freak out when I get up in the morning and I step in like some dog dog pee or something. Yes. I lose my mind. Now, so things were ending badly. But then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to just take a shower and get cleaned up and, and figure this out. But then they're like, wait, all the stuff in your locker and everything else was contaminated with sewage. And you're like, well, then you're going to have to wash it. And they're like, oh, no, not sewage. Mm-hmm. That is not sanitary. <laughs> so you're like, okay, but all my uniforms. And they were like, how do you feel about the next four months of this deployment wearing coveralls that don't fit you? Yes. Yes, that is what what I call satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Or imagine back to when we pulled out for eight months when it was supposed to be three days. Do you have uniforms for eight months? Most likely no. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing. It's like if you don't do your preparations and whatever at home, you got to realize when you leave for six months, I mean, I get confused leaving the house sometimes. I'm like, do I have my phone? Do I have my car keys? Mm-hmm. Am I going to have you know my work phone, my this, that? It's all stressful. You imagine you pull out for eight months without having time to prepare for that. Oh, is the bills going to get paid? Oh, is, are they going to repo my car? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know that. Oh, how do I go to my bank and transfer stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, not no, gonna happen. not going to happen. That's the kind of sacrifice, though, that these guys are making out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you got? Well, being gone for six months is definitely a, definitely a, a stressful situation. Now, I think I was uh, I was a youngster when I went out on my first uh, six-month deployment. And I thought it was amazing because every once in a while you pull into port and you could drink, even though you're 19. <gasps> amazing. 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 But I also remember on that same deployment, working 108 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that can be a little bit stressful. That can be a little bit stressful over over course of, uh, you know, course of six months. I seem to recall a long stretch where, I mean, I, I remember actually being issued caffeine pills. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm. Oh, they issued them. They issued them. They're mm-hmm. like, here, you guys need to keep taking these because that's all you got going to, you know, keep you going. Mm-hmm. We had, a, it seemed on the ship, people used seem to very live healthy. on. No, especially when you're living on Mountain Dew and coffee. Uh-huh. And, and caffeine And caffeine pills. pills. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, no. It's you know three basic weird? food groups. I found that I could function at almost the same level. Like, I feel like my troubleshooting and, and my technical skill was right there. But I could never tell you what day it was mm-hmm. or, like, what I did yesterday or was it a month ago or I don't know. Mm-hmm. It all just kind of blurred together. I, I remember the culmination of one of the deployments was they have they have a thing called a darkened ship. Um, basically, you have these black, uh, like, binders kind of like hall tarps that you make it so that when you go through the hallway no light is going to escape when you open the the door right and basically the way we were doing watch we're switching times and and changing stuff all the time and the the whole hallway was set for darkened ship and everything was black and i it was like two o'clock and I go to go outside for like a smoke or something. I don't know, go smoke a cigar or whatever. And I open the door and it's two in the afternoon and the sun <laughs> is blazing. It was like like one of those vampire movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like down on my knees and holding my my arms up. I'm like, God, ah! you know, no. I had no idea it was daytime. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, 
It all kind oh, of blends together after a while. Because you're just whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. It was that we were up on the, like, 03 level, which is, you know, above the water three. So we're, like, right below the captain on my ship. And uh, captain would come down at, like, 2, 3 in the morning. And he'd be like, what CDs you got? He'd be like, are any of these ones my kids would like? Can I borrow them for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, yeah, they would love the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> we're always hooking them up with good stuff. But uh, now that's the thing. Like, you just keep going. Yeah, a lot of the... Uh... A lot of the stuff that goes on when you're in the military, it's uh, not heroic shit. Mm-mm. It's just just plain awful. It's yeah. just uh, you know, and it doesn't matter how many hours you work. You're not you're not getting paid hourly. You get paid the same whether you whether you work four hours a day or whether you work fifteen. So they just they just work you all the all the way through. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. I remember one of the the first deployments that I did was a uh, they called it a Baltops, which is Baltic Sea Operations, and it was like a NATO thing. And we worked with all kinds of different um different militaries like the Polish and the English and and the Germans and mm-hmm. and and do, you know, special operations working together and whatever. So we had a uh, we were just running crazy with operations and the uh, we go and they're just like working me to death because I think we, we lost somebody. I think they went to captain's mass for like punching a hooker. Or, yeah. I think the way it actually played out was we were in Germany mm-hmm. and there's this nice little prostitution center called the Four Floors of Whores. I'm nice. not really sure that was the official name. Like, it I don't seems know if you like a good Google name, that. though. I mean, but they did have four floors, and it was like a courtyard. Okay. And they had like the windows with the girls and the whatever. Uh-huh. And you just kind of pick out in the window which one. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this guy didn't like. Maybe they tried to renegotiate the price, something along that line. Yeah. And he didn't like that, so he punches her in the face and gets out of there. But then he left his white hat with his name stenciled in it. Oh. And we're the only American ship pulled in at the time. And I'm in doing paperwork with the XO for something or another. He's ordering something or whatever. And and they come in, the master at arms or whatever. And he's like, you know, the police are here and they said they found this hat and that this guy, you know, punched a prostitute and she wants to press charges and whatever. And we called the Jag lawyers back in the States. First time I ever heard of anybody actually using a Jag lawyer. And uh, they said that due to whatever armed forces agreement, we don't have to turn them over. We can say, we'll handle it. And the captain's like, that guy's a shit bag. Send him out. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh no. Send him on his way. Huh? They kicked him off the ship, and we're like, "Here you go," and uh, but that that's how they roll. So this was a stressful time for our ship, and and we're running a little rough. Mm-hmm. So uh, I came to the conclusion that since I was going out, like I'm getting off work at like midnight, two in the morning. I mean, it's nonstop, and so I go out, and I'm. I just go get hammered because I'm like, well, if I really get drunk. Right. Well, you got to you got to do all that catching up. Right. And then I'm like, if I come back, they can't ask me to do work because I'm all fucked up. Think again. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be wrong if you thought that, oh, you're drunk, but just like a little drunk. Right. You could still work on shit. That's twenty two hundred volts DC. Right. That's fine. Get, get down there. I don't want you to leave that equipment until it's working. Uh, and that's the kind of shit, though. Yeah. You know? And those are, I think, you know, those are some of the unsung hero kind of thing. You don't come back with the big war stories or the whatever. Mm-hmm. Or imagine a world like this. Imagine you're like, hey, search and rescue swimmer. Maybe I could be cool, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds badass. You see the guys like jumping out of helicopters and whatever. Now, shipboard is a little bit different than that. Although, there are rumors of other things happening that 
may or may not be available to talk about. But um, you're imagining like, hey, I'm going to be jumping in the water and saving people's lives. Now then, I don't know if you've ever been to like Germany or some of these funny countries where you look in the water and you see nothing but like a thousand jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yep, yep. Yeah, you don't want to. Jump That's in there. where the rescues seem to always happen. Uh huh. They're like, "Hey, you know what? You get in there," and you're like, "Yeah, that doesn't seem right to me." Um, or imagine, hey, there's a floating body. Can Gotta you get, get that search and rescue swimmer? Mm-hmm. Can you rescue that guy? Yeah. It's not. It's never as cool as it seems in the movies. No, like no. you don't see like Tom Cruise like. I got this. Yeah, let me jump in that water with all those floating used condoms and swim over there and get that dead, bloated yeah, body. That's, I mean, that's more the way the world plays out mm-hmm. in reality. And you're like, this wasn't in the fucking poster. Yeah. You know? It, none of it's in the poster. None of it's in the poster. Uh-huh. I didn't do any of that cool stuff they talked about. A global force for good. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, you know, and you're just out there and you're like, yeah, no, I keep fighting. I keep trucking along and, you know, whatever. We had, uh, when we were over bombing in uh, Kosovo, former uh, Yugoslavia there, we're shooting tomahawks every night and different things are happening. It's pretty impressive and whatever, blowing up hospitals and, you know, whatever we can find, you know. Chinese embassies. Chinese embassies, right. China, did you get that, right? Yeah, we got okay. you. Got you. You know, that's how it is. So the admiral comes over to the ship and he's like, hey, um, you know, uh, I just, you know, you guys are doing great. I'm going to have some kind of swim call and and you guys can go swim with the sharks in the 100 degree water. It's going to be excellent. Mm-hmm. You can climb down the rusty side of the ship. Don't worry about it. It's all going to work out. Did that. And then we have this girl raises her hand and she's like, um, excuse me, sir, but do you know that we're killing people? And we're just like, yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> um, you joined the military? Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of your thing though, this you know? This is what we do. But that's, you know, but in defense of all that, those are some of the kind of torturous stuff. How many good bars did you go to? Well, a lot. A lot, a lot. right? Um, yeah. I don't think you went to Israel, right? You no, never in Israel. No. Israel has some nice bars. I did almost get punched out by an Albanian hooker in Sicily. In Sicily. So that's something. She missed, though. She swung high. I went low. And <laughs> Why were you going I just low ran is for what it. I wanted to <laughs> Well, it was, it was, you know, when they, you get off the ship, they say, these are the places that you're not allowed to go to. That's where you're going, obviously. Challenge accepted. And apparently they don't want you to go there because Albanian hookers try and punch you in the face. Why are you fighting hookers? I I don't I don't know what happened. I was just minding my own business and I always had like the junk drunk friends. Yes. Um, The drunk friends that you have to kill. I don't know if you ever met my friend Kevin Dale. Mm Mm-hmm. Um I, I I choose to uh keep his last name uh private, protect the innocent. Okay. But uh I think he liked to talk shit to people. Mm-hmm. And the big thing would be you go out with your dr- drunk friends and you're all at the bar in Turkey mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, these fucking people are so stupid and I don't know what they're thinking and blah, blah, blah. And then when you leave the bar, they're all waiting there to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. You've seen that play out? Yeah. I actually had a friend of mine that uh, liked to run his mouth that he liked to fight. He liked to get into fist fights. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he, he said, why don't you, hey, see those bikers over there? Mm. He said, go start a fight. No, man, I'm going to get the <laughs> shit kicked out of me before you even get over there. Yeah, That's not going to happen. But he'd always find a reason, find a reason that he had to fight somebody. Yeah, I mean, he was good at it. You got a skill. You got a skill. You got to go with it, right? No, not bad. Um, Yeah. What else you got over there? Anything good? What about at home? How's that go when you pull back to, I don't mean like at your house. Mm -hmm. I mean like when you're working in your home port. Yeah. Yeah. That's always awful. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a 7 to 3.30 thing when you're in port, but it never is. That would be sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I, I have you ever had like you're out on a ship, you're carrying the Leatherman on your hip, and you're fixing stuff all day long, and and you know things are cool. You got like white socks because they're more comfortable under your boots, and your boots have like big holes because you thought you were smart, and you were like, I don't need shoe polish. That's just bullshit, right? Yeah. And then you don't that realize that that won't. salt water is gonna freaking turn your boots to freaking shredded, you know, whatever. Right. So white, you got you got the white socks, shit. and then you got the shredded boots. So I'm taking shoe polish and I'm filling in all the holes all of my the, socks. I'm the socks, <laughs> and I'm pretty cool. So we roll back into Norfolk, and I'm walking like I don't know what, maybe the the store or something. I don't I don't know something on the base. And some jackass comes up to me and he's like, what's that on your belt? Because I got like the Leatherman there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Leatherman? Is that part of your uniform? I'm like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Now I'm, no, it's not part of my uniform. And I'm thinking, have you ever been on a ship, you jackass? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I'm going to write you up and this is going to your command and it's going to be hell and... I don't know. I never heard anything about it. Yeah, well, that. I probably did write it up. Yeah, and I'm sure it out he did, then, but yeah, they're like, get out garbage. of here. But you know, people are stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. Like it seems. I think the general rule we had was the closer you get to Washington, the bigger right. assholes, the bigger assholes they are. become. You mm-hmm. know, and the further away you get, it just gets lax. It gets easy. Yeah, I was never stationed on the West Coast. I was always a little disappointed on that. I did some ops there when I was with the Seabees uh-huh. uh, in uh, Fort Pendleton. Okay. And, um, yeah, it was another awful one. I remember a uh, 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 guy I was working with who I thought did not know that I was hooking up with his ex-girlfriend. Um, you had that work out. Well, he, he had an exhaust leak on the engine he was working on. Okay. But he couldn't figure out where it was coming from because he had to start it up on the front and the exhaust leak was on the back. So I climbed up over top of the engine and got in the back and he turned it on and then just took off and the whole room was full of exhaust. But I had been chain smoking for like four years ahead <laughs> he of that thought time. He had you. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Nice. That's the time that cigarettes saved my life. I, I seem to remember <laughs> that's the time. <laughs> I seem to remember uh uh, you rolling into town in Norfolk there with uh, with all your rowdy friends, mm-hmm. and they seemed like they were pretty much party boys. Yeah, it was a lot of drinking and fighting. You, you might have had some drinkers in your group. Yeah, yeah, I was. I, I could hold my own. I could hold my own. But I mean, it's. Uh, I mean that. And then that I was, was like, let things. me get my drinking friends together with your drinking friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm not gonna get into some of those stories. Some of those stories they're we had, ones. they're just all bad. Mm-hmm. I had a guy who got he managed to ride his car. He had this. He drove this like jackass Cadillac, and he also had a lot of pot plants growing in his backyard. But I'm not sure that has a connection to this okay. story. He was in the military though. In the military. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and uh, he did. Somehow fail a drug test at some Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> him and like everybody around him, except not me, because I wasn't an you idiot. in the cool club. I wasn't in the cool club. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, he had this old, like maybe 1982 Cadillac Eldorado or something. Thought he was coolest. How many, uh, how many car accidents? How many friends of yours? had drunken car accidents where they completely trashed their car, but managed to get away with it. But there's a few. So this story actually exemplifies okay. the kind of uh, spirit that you're celebrating right now. <laughs> and so he's driving and he manages to drive his car up onto the median in the middle of the road. And mm-hmm. I'm not exactly clear on how high it was. However, I know that at this point, all four tires are flat. Okay. And he parks it there because he's like, fuck, I can't drive like this. <laughs> and just goes to sleep. In the car? And wakes up in the morning. No cop comes by. No ticket. Just Nothing? Everything worked out. He's like, oh, I had to call a tow truck. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I just woke up and all my tires were flat. I'm like, yeah, that happens. Now, I do have another friend 
who managed to get a DUI because he came out of the bar and it was cold and he turns his car on and goes to sleep in his car. Mm. And they came and gave him a DUI DUI because he was was sleeping in his car with it running. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a treat there. Mm -hmm. We had a shipwide drug test that there was, I, I think, in all the combat systems, which is like your fire controlmen, like the guys who do missiles and that kind of thing, and then the electronic techs, which are... You know, like we do all the radars and the communications and they do fire control radars and then their missile stuff, whatever like that. So in our department, it was probably like 60 guys. They did a shipwide drug test and I think like 42 failed the drug test. That's and, a lot of drugs. Dude. And the one with the Cadillac ended he was up. Out too. He was out. That, that mm. was that what got him in. All right. And also, another guy who I may have mentioned earlier in the podcast went out then. On his way. On his way out. And then they're like, well, we still need him to work because it's half the ship. Mm-hmm. But they need to be supervised all the time. So, Jager, you're in charge. Handle uh-huh. it. That was a treat. Because these are like your friends. Right. And it's awkward, but you're like their prison warden. Right. Right. You're also... uh, And then you're kind of like, you know, there's like seven of them and they could really kick my ass and just leave me here and and be gone. Right. And you're like, that might happen. Mm -hmm. They were my friends, but now it's just kind of a weird dynamic. Right. Right. You know, it, it just gets ugly. I had mentioned that we did like a... uh, NATO like ball tops kind of thing and that was cool so we did stuff with like the British and and the Russians actually um because you know Trump probably worked that out I don't know right right I I think like 1998 I think Mm -hmm. Trump was colluding back then yeah something like that getting geared up getting geared up so we'd go to the Russian ship and you look and this thing was like the scariest looking ship just like they have, like, missiles pointing out of, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, I mean, they might be wood with paint on them. <laughs> I don't know. But you're just like, man, that's a scary-looking fucking ship. Because just like, everywhere you look, you see mm-hmm. some kind of armament. And they have these radars that are, like, two of our radars, one turned sideways. And, and it looks like, you know, like, three radars jammed together. You're like, I don't even know what's happening there. But, man, they must know some serious shit. Then it turns out you find out about they didn't really understand how to combine, you know, like the two directions. So they just put two radars. They just stuck them one. together. Like they both cut like a slice through, you know, both uh-huh. thing. And so they figured out the height with one radar and, the <laughs> you know, but whatever, you know, hey, to each his own. So we go and, and they're like, hey, you want to party with, you know, the Russians? And you're like, oh. I, I actually traded some guy like a white hat for uh I have one of those old school Russian sailor shirts, you know, the blue and white striped right. undershirts. Yes. I have one. I think I just threw it out because I was like, what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. But it was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, because you see all the old movies, you're like, nice. Yeah, they did the have guy's the like, yeah, uniforms. I'll give you my dirty undershirt. No problem. Done. You know, but uh, they, you, we went on their ship and we're like checking all kinds of shit out and they're drinking vodka on the ship and just. Good to go, right? Yeah. We never had that kind of fun on our ship, it turns out. No, I remember uh, six months being out for six months. or for, I'm sorry, being out for four months. Now, you're allowed one beer Whoop. every two months. Comes up with this. I don't recall this. Yeah, I was able to have, after four months, I was able to have two beers. I've never that's heard just, this beer That's story just torture, you know? Yeah, two, that's amateur hour. Right. Now, the only time I've ever drank beer on a ship, or any alcohol for that matter, was we pulled in in Norway on this ball tops, and uh, they were beers were like $18 each or some shit. Our exchange mm-hmm. was like stupid. Not working you know? out right. You're like, wait a minute, a cup of coffee is like 10 bucks. What's mm-hmm. going on? So the ship ends up breaking out like pallets of Budweiser. Mm-hmm. And we're just right on the fantail, chugging them and whatever. And the party began. But so then the next day, we're in port and there's all these German ships. And it's kind of weird because the German ships are actually like 
15, 20 year old American chips. Okay. That we sold them. And you're like, hey, I get this. Mm-hmm. You know, this works. And uh, we go in, and in the birthing, that's the sleeping area for you non military lingo types. Mm-hmm. And they have kegs in the birthing. In the birthing. And you just walk over. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm really then, disappointed wait, in no, our, then our military. I run into a chick in the hallway. And I'm like, oh, you're on the ship? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, what do you do? What's your job? She's like, I'm the bartender. Or no, she was some kind of like fun coordinator. Fun coordinator? And I'm like, what is this? And she's like, I serve the drinks. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm in the wrong military. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But then, after I'm thinking, wait, these guys have it better than we do. The Russians are drinking vodka. Mm-hmm. The The Germans have the the chicks serving up the beers in the birthing. Mm-hmm. Then, I'm like, well, I'm going over to the Polish ship. And they're like, well, we'll do you one better. You can go out on a deployment with the, Germ- or with the Polish ship for three days. Okay. And I'm like, that is now very interesting. Polish? I don't speak Polish, right. although I do know freaky is the word for French fries. Okay. So I, I got that down. Mm-hmm. And I know when you try and order ice, they, at that point they hadn't invented it yeah, yet. Yeah, it hasn't gotten to Poland yet for right. some reason. So I, I think we, we mentioned that yeah. in the there's a, There's a couple of countries that just don't seem to have they're, ice. They're working on the recipe, mm-hmm. but yeah, they didn't have that. So it's a steamship. What? Yes. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a steamship, but they're not as clean mm-hmm. as you might imagine. Yeah, no. I There's a lot of soot and, very clean. and bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, then I find out, yeah, so we do this thing called hot racking. Right. That's, yeah, Even that's the XO gross. and the captain share a bed. Ooh. Like, you know, alternate. Now, mm-hmm. they're not like... You know, bumping uglies like the modern military they're talking about. Right. We're talking about like one guy sleeps there in the day and the other guy sleeps there in the night. Right. Right. So the rack's always hot. The rack's always hot. So that was not a fun time for me, I got to tell you. Mm. It's a little dirty. You know, I don't know much about the Polish people, but I feel like they sweat a lot. There was some sweat involved. Yeah, I feel like it's not something I'd want You're to be trading sheds with. I was like, oh, this is not good at all. But, mm-hmm. you know, lesson learned. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. There are some beautiful Polish women. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I'm just saying I read it in a book. In a book. I saw that, that book. You saw that book? Yeah. Okay. Sure. But I think that kind of wraps it up where the idea is, yeah, you have a good time. And you build a bond. With all your brothers out there, your your fellow warriors, mm-hmm. that I mean, you go through experiences that nobody else in the world can understand. You know, I, I watch TV shows and you sh- see guys with like PTSD and stuff like that, and they're like, you know, I, I feel like I'm in two worlds, you know, and that's that's the thing is you really have this connection of unique experiences that nobody else. I mean. Like, uh, I think you'd been to, um, what, the Daiquiri Palace? Is that in Turkey or something? Or No? Okay. No. I thought I'd heard a story that no. you had been there. But, yeah, there's this place. I think it's maybe Izmir, Turkey, or I don't know. There was The Daiquiri Palace was the big thing. And you could talk to anybody, and they all knew. Oh, you got the T-shirt because uh-huh. you drank 15 drinks and passed out on the beach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too, you know? Yeah. Um. Or there was some guy, uh, Boris or something, who was some Russian guy who owned a bar, and he was some like former submariner in in Germ in Russia, mm-hmm. who opens a bar in Israel somehow in the big port and talks to all the sailors and gets them to tell uh, sailor stories, mm-hmm. and is probably like sending all that shit back to Russia, you know. <laughs> but everybody knew him, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, you got to go to this bar with whatever. Or, you know, just wherever you go, it's like everybody has these stories. You know, like Ireland was amazing. Um, But you go to all these places, you see the world, nobody else can really relate. I mean, who do you know 
in the general world that's not in the military who's been in like 20 countries. Right. You know, it's an amazing thing. And, and you have very unique perspectives mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, and now I know some of you army guys and whatever are like, yeah, I saw Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Afghanistan. Right. And then I saw some more and I saw this other part of Afghanistan. You know, I got to say, even like all the ports, all the places in the world, you know, I've been to Eng- England, Ireland, Poland, Norway, France, Israel, Turkey, um, Egypt. Uh, I've been down in the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico and I don't yeah, know. You do get a lot of a uh, lot of uh, traveling in. You, you know, you go everywhere, and it's just, you talk to somebody, nobody can relate to that. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, down in the Virgin Islands, it's like this. The water's so clear, and you can, right. you know, whatever. Or, you know, all oh, that time that, you know, I was in Guam, and we stopped there because it was just like a big landing strip, and, you know, whatever. In the middle of nowhere. You know, you're like, all right, cool, you know, different things. And nobody else knows, but. Your military brothers, you know, they all know and you just they remember that those connection, yep. you know, and you're like, yeah, and you're so focused and tied together and you build such a bond. And then when you come out, you're kind of like, oh, and nobody else can kind of relate to your stories mm-hmm. and they have that kind of tough. And like I said, there's good and there's bad. You know, I've had guys when your enlistments up, I had a captain who was like, look. Before you re-enlist or don't re-enlist, don't just remember the good times because your mind has a way of whitewashing it into, you know, the happy, fun times. But he's like, you know, remember the times when you worked for freaking 40 hours or whatever. I had a day that this radio was broke and they had me working on it. And I literally sat working on this radio for probably like, it was probably about 30 hours where I did nothing but soda machine piss and back in front of the radio. Mm-hmm. And after like 30 hours, I go to get in the chow line to go eat and they freaking grab me and yell at me. What the hell are you doing? This is ridiculous. It's still broke. You need to get back there. And guys do that. Right. You know, that's, I'm not like, Oh, Jager. Yeah. He's so tough. Right. No, no that was that's, everybody. that's everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe they didn't have that one incident. But they had stuff where right. shit was, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're tired? <clears throat> yeah. You slept for three hours in the past two days. Oh, yeah. Come it on. was raining for three days when you went on this hike. Uh-huh. And whatever, we don't care. Oh, your feet are nasty, gnarly, pruned, whatever. Right. And every step you take, they tear a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Fuck yeah. it. You know? I mean, that's the thing. That's part of that stuff. But that's what really builds that bond and brotherhood, you know, when you bleed together and mm-hmm. and you guys, you know, go through the same shit. It's really a big, you know, bonding force. And it's hard to change, like transfer back and, and relate to the rest of the world. And that's why, you know, like this podcast was a cool thing we wanted to do is, you know, it's it's that connection to everybody. And, you know, we get to share some of those stories and, you know, some of the same ideas. And, you know, obviously we're all about, you know, being prepared for stuff. And, you know, I like playing with guns or different things. We all have our things that we really enjoy doing. But it's also that camaraderie, you know, that that connection to, you know, the brotherhood. And I think that's what really, you know, keeps everything going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we really appreciate it. And all you guys who stuck it out with us on Patreon and throw us some money every month, even though I never get around to sending your patches out. There's like, actually, I have a list and it's like six guys. Six guys that six have guys patches coming? Six guys that are, are probably angry. I mm-hmm. can tell you because it's in my phone and I keep every day. So as far as I understand, it's Brian, Seth, Matthew, Matthew, Cameron, and that's it. Oh, so right. that's three, four, five guys. All right. Five guys, I'm dropping the ball. Now, we appreciated all five of those guys. All five. And everybody else. And and I'm so close. I keep getting to the post office, and then shit happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the world. But I'm going to take care of you. You know what? I have the little extra time. Maybe I'm going to throw a little something extra in there. Sweeten the pot. Nice. A little pot sweetener happening. Mm-hmm. So... And if I didn't read one of your names and you think I owe you a patch, 
you might want to send me an email and just, just be to like, make, hey, yeah, clarify. don't forget of me. And actually, one of you didn't uh, put your name in Patreon. You didn't put your address. All right. So we're going to have to get that email. Now, you can email and you know who, that. Well, I emailed them. Okay. Whoever it was, he dropped the ball. And I sent him an email, and I, and I lost his name. But you know who you are. Right. And if you're just delete emails when they say prepping badass on them, then screw you. You don't get a patch anyway. No patch for you. So. All right. Yeah, email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. And uh, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon backslash badass. Is that right? Patreon.com slant prepping badass. All right. And uh, check out the Facebook page. Yeah, join the group. You can actually join the Brotherhood. Yeah, and have that fun bond. I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of the people on the Facebook page don't know it's related to a podcast. Yes, I do get those questions mm-hmm. every. What are you guys talking about? Right. I don't so, know anything. All right, that's it. So, share with a friend. Share the love. With that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self Defense Radio Network. <laughs> Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.